Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love, all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Bolin. Let's get started. Guys, we are sitting down with Natalie Ellis, CEO of Boss Babe. Hi, Natalie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, I'm super pumped to dive into your story. I mean, you've accomplished so much as an entrepreneur and you're such an inspiration. So why don't we just kick it off? You tell us a little bit about where you're at now, and then I'd love to dive into your journey. We'll talk about some marketing things and practical and tactical tips so that my listeners can take away and then implement in their own business. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I just turned 26. Happy and birthday. I, thank you. Wait, what um, day? Well, at Christmas. Oh, okay. So are you a Capricorn? I am. Oh, like a true Capricorn. Ditto. I knew. I was like, <laughs> I feel like our energy is vibing. Yes. No, yeah. Capricorn, you, Capricorns unite. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I live in the South Bay with my husband. Um, I'm originally from England, but I've been in the States for like four years now. I'm losing count. I love it here. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I founded my first company when I was 21. Um, and it's called Oh My Glow. It's a health food company, which is still very much running in the UK. And um, it's amazing. And I've been CEO at Boss Babe for about three years now. And right now I'm just going through a huge relaunch with Boss Babe. And we're actually launching something called The Society, which is an incredible membership platform within Boss Babe, just a way of really bringing that community even closer together. So yeah, that's my main focus right now. I'm just solely um, interested in ways I can bring the communities together even more and just support more female entrepreneurs. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I love the idea of the community and society, especially because you guys have such a massive platform. Yeah. How did you like get connected with Boss Babe? And then how did you know that you're like, okay, I'm ready to take on CEO and run this thing? And then if you could share some of the like the experiences of starting up and because boss babe launched in what year itself 2014 i think okay um yeah so i well i set up my first company and i quickly noticed it was just it was me and a business partner which and, and then i ended up just buying the company myself and running it myself and i quickly realized um being a female entrepreneur or just being an entrepreneur generally can be the most lonely journey um and it's so terrifying you're responsible for so much mm. and often when um things kind of go wrong or you're having a tough day you can just feel like it's a really lonely process and I started to just think you know what it'd be amazing if there was a community of women who just understood and I would love to have a coach that could just kind of talk me through these problems but at the time and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know like that just wasn't available to me funding wise every single penny I had was being thrown into my business because I was manufacturing products and so I just had to be able to afford stock. I couldn't afford a coach at the time. And that just wasn't even an excuse. Um, so I came across Boss Babe and it had about 200,000 followers. And I was like, whoa, this is a pretty big movement. And I loved what they stood for. Um, and I got involved at that moment really, really quickly. And I took it over. I just knew that it was going to be something that it was really like my absolute purpose. Like, it's so well connected to my values. And since then, um, we've grown to about 750,000 um, 
we have events we're doing a ton of things and it's just been an amazing journey of really shaping up this brand to be exactly what I envisioned I needed when I was at the beginning of my journey um and I had a lot of experience when I was in that in that entrepreneurial stage where I was advising governments and um, institutions on how to get more young people into entrepreneurship because for a lot of people it's this huge scary thing Mm -hmm. and so I kind of used all that experience I'd got from that and just threw it into boss babe to be like girls you can do this like it is so possible if I can do it anyone can do it Mm -hmm. amen sister and I want to I mean even now that, that we're on that topic like how would you or what are some like two to three steps you would recommend to listeners if they're getting ready to take their side hustle and make it their main hustle? And then what are beyond that, then the next stage would be like, what are the three crucial things that entrepreneurs need to do within the first 12 to 18 months of their business? Yeah, so I would first make sure that your income stream is solid before you take any kind of leap because the worst mindset you can be in is panic mode and that is not going to grow your business. Mm. So for me, um, I got offered a, an, a great corporate job straight out of university and it didn't feel right because I knew I wanted my own business. But if I took it, it would be very hard to walk away from. So I decided I would freelance on the side of running my business well starting to run my business and that was my sole income for the year and everything I owned I just put back into the business and it did mean that I just didn't like I I was pressed for time but I worked every hour like I really put everything I had into making this work so I could take that leap so I would say 100% make sure your expenses are covered um And if you can cut down your hours of working elsewhere, do it. Don't be kind of chasing the money here, chase the main goal. Um, So that would be my first step. Second step would just to get like, get really, really clear on what you're offering in that first year. I think it can be really tempting to do a million and one things because you need the money and you need your business to succeed. But the best way you could succeed is by keeping it as simple as possible. So even if you want to offer a ton of products or a ton of services, start with one and do that one thing really, really, really well. um, And then start to grow it from there. Um, And the third thing would be, as soon as you can afford to bring some help in, do it. I think it's a really good tone to set for the rest of your business growth. And so when you start, you've got money coming in and you're noticing there's some left over, just be like, where do I really, really need help in my business? And where can I pull in an expert to make that area even better and use that extra money to do that and just reinvest? Um, Those would be my tips. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely second that. Those are all amazing, implementable, like actionable tips to do for your business, especially if you're in that transition phase. What would you say then for the for the entrepreneur who's in the first zero to 18 months, full-time entrepreneur, how does that change from when they're in the, the transition phase? I think that's the phase where you get very, very frustrated and you're more likely to give up. Um, I think in that time frame, people really want quick results and often that doesn't happen and there are so many things that you just won't know. Um, I would say make sure your systems are always completely pristine. So um, never forget about your accounts and your taxes and things like that and always keep on top of your finances, just knowing exactly what your financial snapshot is every single week. Um but I think this is a time when you just need to be so committed and determined and not give up. So do whatever you need to do every week 
to take time out and recharge and not let yourself burn out to the point you'll give up. Um, because often you're just tired. You don't need to give up. There are ways to make this work and you're completely capable of doing that. But when you let yourself burn out because you're trying so hard, often there's you get to a point where you feel like there's no return. And I feel like that's such a huge issue in those first 18 months. And I know what happened to me too. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely a delicate time to, and it's even more important to surround yourself by the right people and other people who are encouraging you and have been there mm-hmm. and can tell you to keep going. Um, How did, okay, so let's go back to Boss Babe. And when you had joined and came on, you had mentioned that it was like 200,000 on Instagram. I would love like to get a peek inside of your mind when you looked at that and you then were like, okay, this is how the marketing strategy can be. Here's how we can grow it. Like what were some of the things that you did early on when you were at Boss Babe and how has that changed and what worked and what didn't? Um, yeah, so I had in my mind that I could monetize it. I knew there was a lot of money to be made in that kind of area. Um, but I led with value first. I think any good marketing strategy did, and I really, really played the long game. I never did anything that would jeopardize um, the trust that our community have. So when I first took it over, there were so many people at, um, emailing at the time. Like that at the time, like two hundred thousand followers was quite a lot, um, and people would be emailing, always asking to advertise with us and and work with us and all that type of thing. And at the beginning, it would have been so tempting to take that money. And I just said no. And I made sure that I never, ever compromised our long-term success just for those short-term gains. And that was really hard in the beginning because taking it on a new project, you're always super excited to dive in head first. And I really, really played it slowly. And I focused on growing the community and proving myself like I was a new CEO coming in and I had to prove myself I I was an entrepreneur but I also wasn't in the online space too much um and so I wanted to give as much value as possible and that's what I've done um for years now is just kind of proving that I can help I am the right person to lead this um and just always making sure I'm asking the community what they want, what they like, what they don't like. Um, I mean, we are constantly asking for feedback and we actually implement it. Um, And that's been really, really important because without that, we wouldn't have grown to the size that we are. What's been like one of the pieces of feedback that you've got received from your community that you guys implemented and changed? Um... That's a really good question. One of the advertising partners we were working with, we got feedback that um, some of their products weren't as great as they were advertised to be. And they were like, we didn't appreciate that. And I'm like, 100% will never, ever work with them again. So there was that uh, a couple of years ago. Um, Also, some of the quotes we've put out, sometimes they take a certain stance. And it's definitely been known to like, kind of shake a few feathers and so just (laughs) knowing that and kind of understanding what boundaries are willing to push and which ones we aren't willing to push um Mm -hmm. those have and and also we've had um staff members who haven't handled situations in the best way like it happens with every business and as soon as I heard about anything like that I was like okay let's make a change like I believe in making decisions quite quickly and making changes quickly um 
And so, yeah, those are the those are the kinds of things that happened over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Well, and you and now you guys have at Boss Babe Academy. Is that something that you created while at Boss Babe, or was that created prior to you coming in? And then, exactly, like, how is that product set up, and who is it for? Yeah, so the Boss Babe Academy was already set up, and it's going to be closing um, as of next week and turning into the society. So mm. when I took it over, that was never my thing. I never focused on the Boss Babe Academy. Um, that was Alex set that up and it was amazing and that was kind of her thing and then I started put helping out with master classes and stuff but my focus was always on kind of growing the community and now I'm ready to launch something called the society which is going to be a much more upgraded version of the Boss Ape Academy which is just what we've learned from feedback from members that have uh, told us what worked and what didn't And so we're going to be relaunching that next week. That is so exciting. I can't wait to experience it when it when it launches. I mean, when you started thinking about the UX or user experience design and and whatnot, like how long has it taken you to put time, energy and effort into figuring out, Okay, what do I want it to look like? And then now building it like I would love to know what that looked like. Yeah, I started doing it this time last year. So it's taken um, an entire year to come to it. And even before that, there was a lot of feedback, kind of, I was putting out questionnaires and surveys all the time. I was doing focus group with our members and just figuring out really, really what it is that they wanted. I never wanted to kind of just assume or look at what someone else was doing and kind of make guesswork. I wanted to be like, what what can I do that is going to serve you the most? And I'm ready to put the work in to make that happen in, in a way that everyone can access and so it's been 12 months of constant testing development feedback just that cycle we we get some feedback we build it we test it we put it out for feedback and just continuous to bring us to where we are now and we're just ready to go through our last feedback round which I'm hoping is going to be positive because we're wanting to launch next week but if it's not we'll keep testing um but yeah definitely a long process I read uh, a book called the lean startup a couple of years ago And it's a really, really incredible way of thinking about product design um, and making products that are more likely to succeed, like doing the minimal you possibly can to test it. And then if it's working, build upon it. So I would 100% recommend that book to anyone that is interested in product design, be it um, tangible or online. Mm -hmm. And you said that was a lean startup? Yep, the lean startup. Okay, perfect. We will make sure to link in that as well. You had mentioned earlier about when you came to Boss Babe, you took over the CEO. It was a learning curve for you for this whole online space. What were some of the things that you had to learn about and then um, in, in terms of running in the online space and what do you find is important for any brand that is in an online arena these days? Um, I think it's really important to be consistent I think often we don't realize that our community notice small changes and they do um, and it can really affect your brand so I think consistency is super important I think any I mean I wouldn't even say just for a brand but for any kind of influencer or brand online I think now more than ever it's so important to be transparent about everything um and that's one thing that I've always tried to stay true to and I do that in my emails privately to my list I do it um on Instagram and I just think being very very open with the people that follow you and never take that for granted um you can't just change things up or keep things from them because 
it, they might decide like you're not for them anymore. And so it's really, really important. Mm. No, I mean, that's definitely such a great point now, too, with so many things happening and making sure that consistency piece isn't is in there for that as well. How do you what social media uh, networks do you guys primarily live on? And like, what's the most referring traffic for you guys in terms of your website or converts into what now currently is um, the academy, but then will be the society? Like, what do you find that works in terms of getting people in there or if there's any sort of strategy or maybe it's just being in total flow is what works for you guys yeah so we combine instagram and pinterest to drive leads to our email list and we do most things via email um i find that to be a huge converter and for me i would hate to wake up and find there's been a problem with my Instagram and everything's gone. I believe in always kind of taking your community off one platform and making sure you have them somewhere else as well. And so I think email marketing is so important and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, Pinterest is a really great driver for us. I'm, I think we get um, like a million views a month from Pinterest alone which is huge so we have someone dedicated to Pinterest and just making sure that we are uh, doing as much as we can there because our, our content has the ability to go viral if it's in the right hands um, and so yeah Pinterest is great for us we're definitely doing a lot more with Facebook so we've been testing a lot of Facebook strategies and um, working with people um, well asking questions to people at Facebook to figure out how we can do even better there and they've told us, you know, video is the way forward there. And it's not something that we've been doing in the past. So we're really putting some time into that new strategy. And what I found is my Instagram content does not convert in the same way on Facebook. It just isn't designed for Facebook. So figuring out what will work there. Um, and it's been really, really good so far. We haven't been doing it for a long time. We've got about 100,000 followers on there um, and I'm definitely attributing a lot of the engagement to video so yeah my advice is don't use the same content on each platform maybe pick two or three platforms and drive them to one key place and for us that is um, emails for some people it might be webinars whatever it is that kind of demonstrates your value before you ask for anything mm-hmm. have you guys how long have you guys been on Pinterest right from the start or is that something that you built into your strategy over time Quite early on, we got on Pinterest, but we didn't put a lot of time into it. When we first got on Pinterest, we just used um, If This and That the, mm. to automate anything coming from Instagram to Pinterest. And then um, it was only about a year ago, I started looking at the numbers and I was like, okay, this is really interesting. Um, and six months ago, I brought in someone to work solely on Pinterest. And we've seen some incredible results. In just the past month, we've upped our monthly views by 250,000. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's definitely if if your brand is very visual, you need to be on Pinterest. Yeah, I mean, we've been that's something that definitely is a, a like something that we're looking into and figuring out like creating a system to make it automatic that when we do that, because it is it's like a search engine. And I never really I mean, when I looked at Pinterest before, I mean, it hasn't been until like three months ago that I was like, oh, I started looking at it definitely differently. But that's incredible to be able to see that type of numbers and, and referring that to to Pinterest. Now, when it comes to your email list, do you keep it segmented? Or is it one massive email? And then you just set it up based on where they click and where they go throughout that journey? Yeah, we start with one list and segment it as we go. 
um, for a number of reasons. If I have a ton of different lists and I have like 50,000 on each list, there's going to be a ton of overlap. And firstly, that's really costly. When you start to have lists over like 100,000, you're paying a lot of money for it. Um, and secondly, um, they're going to be getting double the communications from you. So I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of having one big list and segmenting everything. So your communication is always on point. Um, it's well-timed and no one's annoyed by your marketing. Mm-hmm. Do you get, Do you mind me asking who you guys use for your email um, system? Yeah, of course. Um, we're just migrating from MailChimp active campaign. Yeah. MailChimp's been great. Yeah, MailChimp's been great and I really, really liked it for what it was. Um, but the automation on there, it just isn't what I need at all and I really needed a better system. So um, in the process of moving, it's a long process. Um, it should be completed by the end of this week, but we've been using active campaign for a month now and I'm really, really happy with it. I think the way you can tag and the way you can... Um, low automations is amazing and it just it just means you can look after your customers so much better mm-hmm. yeah I, I have a couple of friends that use active campaign and they like love 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 active campaign yeah it is amazing um a lot of I when I was deciding of acting campaign, I was deciding between that one and Infusionsoft and a couple of people had mentioned ConvertKit too um for my size list um it just was better to go with Active Campaign. I found the other ones just not to have as much um, personalization and um, pricing as well. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. So, and kind of leading into that, and I mean, share whatever you feel comfortable with, but in terms of being an entrepreneur and managing a budget, managing your contractors, your full time employees, like, what sort of advice do you have or experience that you can share to for my listeners? when it comes to managing that the books and I know you mentioned it as part of something to keep in mind even when you're in the transition phase and especially when you're out on your own yeah I'm a big fan of this topic um so I would definitely recommend QuickBooks to do your accounting um I've tried tons of different types of software and because I have companies in different countries I use a lot of different software um zero being one of them and I would rank that as number two QuickBooks is a hundred percent um worth the money it's not expensive and it really really does keep you in check in terms of being able to pay people it does all of the invoicing for you it handles handles all the tax documents for you um you can when you're with being an online business you can link up your um stripe paypal and your bank accounts because you know as online businesses we have money coming in in so many different directions (laughs) yes and it's hard not to like duplicate that and um this is a really, really good way of managing it, doing all of your expenses, because honestly, people aren't on top of their expenses. From what I found, they're like, oh, I didn't even know I could claim for that. I'm like, you need to know your money. Like, you need to know what you can and can't claim for, because this is more money for you and your business. Mm-hmm. So I would get super clear on that. And if you aren't sure, have a meeting with an accountant and just be like, this is my business. What can I and can't claim? How can I really, really... Um, make sure I'm maximizing my finances and putting them in the right place. Um, And just making sure you keep paper records of important documents, keeping everything um, organized, use some kind of receipt tracking um, software so you can get ones on your phone where when you go out, 
say, say you're taking a client out for dinner, you get the receipt, you just take a picture of it and it uploads it to your accounting software. It's taken care of, it's all documented and you don't have to worry about having that receipt. And I think that's a big thing that people can overlook when they first start a business, especially as a solopreneur, um, just not being as on top of that as they could be. And it's and it really is so important. I When I first set up my company, All My Glow, I didn't do this in the beginning. Like I understand, I understood accounting from business school and that was kind of it. Um, I just thought, oh, I'll pay my taxes on time and everything is good. And then um, I kind of always knew where we were, but I wasn't super in detail. And then I started um, working with the equivalent of Walgreens in the UK called Boots. And that's when Mm. I started to get some huge invoices in with just, um, and and this was overwhelming for me. And I was like, whoa, how am I going to manage this? Like I'm managing a lot of money really, really quickly. And I had to really get on top of my finances. And when I started, I just wished I'd started earlier because no one wants to sit and go through six months of I definitely feel your pain. I did that early on when I was an independent contractor and invoicing and you have so many expenses going out and then you're 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 like, well, what what's really true? Like, what do I have left in the business bank account? And then, yeah, it's just it's not a fun thing to sit there with a shoebox full of receipts and trying to figure out what category they go to. Totally. And I think it can kind of you can almost think you're profitable and you're not. Um, if you're not totally on top of everything because you might get some huge invoices in but if you're not tracking where all of the little expenses are mm-hmm. um, it can really deceive you and it's so important to know how much cash you have mm-hmm. it's like having I think like mini dates or something with yourself to like really sit down and, and look at the things that you have that's going on and and bringing awareness to that so I would love to now transition a little bit more about your like how Natalie, you do things in your life in terms of um, like, how do you recharge? How do you say yeah? Like, what do you determine what you say yes to what you say no to? Um, But I first want to start with what's been the biggest lesson about entrepreneurship that you've learned? Um, I mean, there've been so many. uh, I think let's just think about in the past six months. Probably you need to get really, really good at having tough conversations. And I mean, this counts for when you're an entrepreneur, when you're not. But as an entrepreneur, as head of your business, um, the time comes where you have to have some really difficult conversations. And being polite isn't good for your business. Just saying yes to things or going along with things because you're trying to be polite. And so in the past six months, I've really, really worked on that. Like, I'm British. I'm so polite. Like, it's ridiculous. And I... (laughs) I realized um, that's just not going to fly anymore. Like you need to put your business first um, and always be incredibly kind and respectful. But at the same time, when a relationship has kind of expired or um, someone just hasn't got your best interests at heart anymore and you can tell then it's time to have that conversation and also when you're hiring people I think it's really important in the beginning to be like are you happy for me to give you feedback and can you please give it to me in return um and building that kind of relationship because if you never do that in two years into it like things start to go wrong and you don't have that open kind of feedback loop then you'll find it to be an issue Mm-hmm. What is how do you you mentioned about like recharging as an entrepreneur and it's not giving up, but it's recharging. What are some things that you found that really help you recharge from and like pulling yourself away and stepping away from the computer, stepping away from work that has allowed you to then 
come back and be re-energized? Yeah, I try and do this on a day-to-day um, basis now so that I don't kind of let anything build up. So for me, it all starts with sleep. I always make sure I have eight hours sleep when yes. it's possible. Um, yeah, I hate it when people are like, oh, I haven't got time to like sleep. I've got too much going on. I just no. think it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's silly because if you're tired, you are not going to be as productive. Like you might as well work for less and sleep for longer if you're going to be more productive. So firstly, sleep. Um, I'm a big believer in just having a really positive and inspiring workspace. So my office is really, really inspiring. I have aromatherapy, um, oils, diffusers going on. Um, I begin every morning. by writing like really planning out my day and I love to write like pen and paper it's really relaxing for me and then I'll read a book like even if it's just a few pages whatever it is just to kind of get my mind in the game um I go for walks if I can like I think when you work for yourself and you're always at home like you can sometimes like let the day go by without even going outside I always try and like go (laughs) for a walk especially in Chicago I feel like there there are weeks right now that I'm like oh I haven't stepped outside I haven't like straightened my hair I haven't put on real clothes yes and it's crazy um so yeah I always try and make sure I get outside at lunchtime every day um I live right on the water so I just walk outside and just like walk along the water and it's it's amazing for me like I just love that kind of thing and I find a lot of gratitude in it. Um, I work out every single day, um, whether that's stretching, running, yoga, bar, weightlifting, whatever it is, I always, always, always work out. And that for me just clears my mindset completely and it's super important. And then um, finally, I always take a day off. Um, I normally always take Sunday off and I rarely even check my phone Um, And because I'm very prepared and like organized during the week, I know nothing's going to go wrong, really. Um, And that's really, really important for me because I know even if I've got a crazy week, I've got my I've got Sunday and I I just have a lot of fun as well. Like I believe in balance. So I love going out for nice dinners. I love going to parties. I love hanging out with friends, whatever it is. I just always make sure I fit in time with that. Mm-hmm. How do you stay like in your work day? How do you continue to stay focused? I know you mentioned taking breaks and things like that, but do you use any sort of applications or how do you, when an email comes in your inbox, how do you determine, okay, is this something that I'm going to do or I'm not going to do? And what does that thought process look like? Yeah, I try and time block. So I know like, okay, this is my to-do list. If I just get these three things done today, I'm happy. Um, everything else isn't as important, but it would be a bonus. And so I work for like 50 minutes and then I always get up, like have a little walk around or come back, like close my eyes and breathe and set the intention for the next 50 minutes. So know exactly what I'm working on because if I don't, I feel like that's when things can crop up in your inbox and like you can end up going down YouTube tunnels or whatever. But if I sit there and I'm like okay, the next hour is solely focused on writing this workbook, then that's all I'm going to do. And then in that little break, I can see what else has come up and see if that affects what I'm going to do in my next time block. But otherwise, that's how I stay focused. And that that focus break, I learned that from Brandon Bouchard, actually. It's changed my life. Um, It's amazing. Set in his six habits. Um, Yeah, I went to see, I went to one of his uh, five-day workshops last year. Um, and then yeah it's in his book as well but it's amazing and he talks 
how people can just kind of go through the day on autopilot and never take that time to actually check in and be like what is my intention for the next hour Mm -hmm. and if you don't live intentionally like how can you get so much done how can you achieve your goals how can you know what you're working towards Uh, it's just changed my life and everyone that works with me like I tell them to do it and it really works wonders for them yeah no I love it I just finished his um the six habits of high performance or that that book I just finished it and that was in it it was so it is so true because if you don't have intention or front of mind about what we're working on we could easily just get buried in okay running from one task to the next without actually thinking about okay does this even make sense how is this moving it forward um Mm -hmm. I would love so what is one book that you've read that's really made an impact for you in your business Oh, good question. I read so often. I could talk for hours. Um, Feel free to share more than one too. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, the lead startup, as I mentioned, that I think that's really, really important for anyone that creates products in their business. Um, you know, coaching is a product, like everything um, typically is a product and understanding how that process works is super important. Um, I would say... Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss has been a great one that I've read lately because there's so many small, actionable pieces of advice in there um, that I absolutely love and I find super valuable. Um, Let me think, what else would I suggest? High Performance Habits by Brendan, 100% Brendan is Mm -hmm. incredible. And my best friend, Nick, she's got a book called Now Is Your Chance. and that is uh, something for you to do every single day. It's just a short short chapter to read every day for 30 days. And um, the aim of it is to help you be happier. And the things in that book are so powerful because they're things that you can literally do that day. It's not something that you have to lead up to and do. So I always try and mix a business book with a personal book whenever I'm reading. Um, so that's been a really, really great one for me lately. Mm-hmm. And you said that was Now Is Your Chance. Yep. Now is your chance. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, Natalie, I so again, appreciate you coming on the show, bringing your energy. The last question I have is where can people find out more information about you and your companies? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, people can find out more on my business Instagram, which is at bossbabe.inc. And then my personal Instagram, which I still haven't changed my married name. I'm going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's at natalie.diver. And then if anyone has any questions, I'm always more than happy to answer them. And my email is natalie at bossbabe.me. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to shedidaherwaypodcast.com where you can access the entire vault of She Did Her Way podcast episodes and more information all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review, letting me know what you love about the She Did Her Way podcast. Until next time, keep doing it your way.